Welcome, Fibers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, the movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. It's time, once again, to join your hosts Q and J in the writer's room for an other stuff, too, discussion you'll definitely agree with. High Five, the podcast, is not responsible for your agreement or disagreement with our discussions, but if you don't agree with us, you're wrong. And now, on with the show. What up, Jay? What up, Q? It's fun and another week. It is, it is fun in another week. Or did you say fun and another week? Does it matter? No, because it's fun any way you look at exactly. it. Exactly. And both of those ways make equally no sense. That is true. I'm having fun in another week, or this is fun on another week, or this is fun and another week. Right. So All either, complete nonsense. If I break down what you're saying, either A, you're a time traveler and you're currently recording this from another week. Yep. B... This episode will only be fun if you listen to it in another week. Right. Or C, we are both time traveling. This episode was recorded four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's fun in this week? Okay, so here's the thing. In a very Primer-esque uh, flip, all of those things are true. Well, it's very confusing and very science-driven. And honestly, I just don't want to get into it, Q. Can we talk about some other stuff? Yeah, let's talk about other stuff, too. All right, awesome. Moody and stuff. stuff. I love your stuff. Weird stuff. Sensitive stuff. Taxi stuff. Evil stuff. Piggling little stuff. Heavy stuff. Big boy stuff. Super cool stuff you wouldn't understand. Time to have some fun in this current episode instead of future or past <laughs> weeks like we were talking about. Uh, man, Q, I, I've been really impressed with your vocal prowess these Thank last you. handful of episodes. I have because last week, you know, we talked about Quentin Tarantino music, so we got to sing yeah. a whole lot. Yep. The week before that, you were singing Lion King, dare I say it, better than Beyonce. Well, um, no, you you better dare. <laughs> And that's what I said. You definitely dare, dare. Dare I say it? I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to insult the beehive. But you know what? I'm I'm ready for a Q hive. Yeah, I'm starting Q, one. I'm starting a Q hive. Q stands for the new queen. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, that's so good. That's me. That's so good. <laughs> Q is for queen. Mm-hmm. Not like the Bo- Bohemian Rhapsody queen, but like B queen as like in queen B. B. Exactly. And let's be honest. My last name starts with a B, so technically I am Queen, Queen B. You're QB. Right, I'm QB. You're Queen B. That's it. Just, can Beyonce say that? Is her first name Quivangene? It's only official if her if if Beyonce does say that. Yeah. If she goes on and says, Q is the real Queen B. That's, you know what, that makes more sense. Or if she legally changed her name to Quentin. Yes. Now Just like, that... Just like Quentin Tarantino, were um, you? Well, that's what happened with Quentin Tarantino. I don't really like okay. to talk about it. <laughs> There's some bad blood there. He saw my name, thought it was really cool, decided to use it for his name, but thought he'd put a spin on it by changing an, an O to an I. It's tense. It's, it's, it's all a whole thing. We don't um, need to get into all of the legalities of it. There are some pending cases is all I'm saying. That's all, all I can really say. All I can really say is when it all boils down to it, I am really looking forward to the new Queen Quentin uh, Lion King tribute album. Oh, I thought you were going to say the new Queen Quentin Tarantino tribute album that's dropping simultaneously with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Isn't that what's going on? Did that I is. spill the beans too early? You did. Ah! 
God, I once again, it. there's just a bunch of legalities here. It's lawyers and red tape and all this stuff. But here's the deal, guys. I secretly recorded a tribute album that mashes up Lion King and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did it under the moniker of Queen Bee, the real Quentin Tarantino. That's the name. <laughs> That's my full artist name. And it's produced by Beyonce. It is. And so I'm sorry. You know, Q, I, I'm just... I'm so sick of this gotcha journalism. I keep spoiling things Ugh. that I'm not supposed to spoil. Just like, you know. Oh. But that's what we do here at High Five. Oh. We're actually, all about them spoilers. Actually, uh, related to this silly joke that we're making, did you yes. see the story that has come out um, about the director of Spider-Man Far From Home being frustrated with Tom Holland and all the other actors pretending they didn't know about the time jump. <laughs> yes, I did read that article, but please explain because this is too good to pass up. So related to what we were just talking about of us, you know, spilling the beans and legalities and all that. So apparently when Tom Holland and um, and the rest of the cast from Spider-Man Far From Home were on one of the late night shows, I don't remember, Kimmel probably. Sure. They asked them point blank, well, what happened with the snap? How does this factor in with the snap? And all of the actors were like, I don't, I don't know. And then the actor who played, oh man, what's his name? Ned. J Jacob Badalan. Oh yeah. Ned, his friend oh, yeah. Ned. Yep. Um, he was like, I don't know. That's probably one of the biggest plot holes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then the director has come out later, well, recently this week saying they all knew exactly what happened. There was the snap. They all disappeared for five years. Their friends aged out of high school, and now they're back in high school. All of them knew it. All of them filmed this movie knowing that, and all of them, none of them said it for whatever reason. He's like, I think it's probably because of the legal reasons. They didn't know what they could say, but they instead said something really stupid. Right. No, I agree. Totally. 100%. I that's think what that's, the director was saying. But that's the fear that the uh, the legal machine puts in people, man. And as as uh, as we know, Tom Holland is it's notorious. Terrible. Notorious for him and Mark Ruffalo are yeah. notorious for spoiling Marvel stuff, which so, you've noticed they never send them on press tours together. It's no. always like Benedict Cumberbatch, the most professional actor yeah. in the whole stable and Tom Holland. So Tom Holland could be like, man, I don't know when Tony Stark died and, Tom, and Benedict Cumberbatch like, smack. Let's be honest. Benedict Cumberbatch, most professional actor in the world. <laughs> Outside of like Meryl, he may be the he may be the male Meryl Streep. He is. He is. He's the, the mailer streep. We're gonna go. We're gonna go ahead and drop it right here. He is the mailer streep. He's <laughs> actually he's mailer you know, streep. You know what happened to segue into something that I watched recently? I think he's using that detective Pokemon uh, oh, technology, and he's putting himself. I think Meryl Streep's soul uh -huh. is inside Benedict Cumberbatch's body, kind of like Mewtwo. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh. Wow, way to segue into a is terrible that, movie. <laughs> is that how Pokemon works? Terrible. That's exactly it how it wasn't Pokemon terrible, works. was it? It was terrible. Really? Okay. Yeah. So we let's may, talk about that. We you, have a different opinion. You saw this. Detective Pikachu. I did. I did. Now, I uh, saw it in the theater months ago. I do want to explain the context I have for Detective Pokemon. Okay. I have never once played the Pokemon card game. Okay. I have not played any of the Game Boy or Nintendo versions of the games. I have zero context with Pokemon outside of the fact that I just, in general, know what they are and know that Pikachu is one of the most important ones. Yes. So really, I watched this movie almost like I would watch E.T. 
It's not a character that I know. It's just, hey, what's this world like? I can honestly say I, that is no excuse for you liking it because <laughs> I went in the same way. With the same way? Okay. So so tell me, okay, f- I don't know. First off, I, let me start with why I didn't like it. And yes, then you please, can please. defend it. We'll do a. Well, we'll I don't do want to defend. Okay. And defend. Uh, let's, that's totally fine. Let's do that. <laughs> so, uh, Detective Pokemon, here's the thing the trailers looked cool. I was in. I was sold. I like the kid. Uh, some I think his last name is Justice, maybe. Or, or his, Justice. His first name's Justice. First name's Justice, Justice Smith. No relation to the Smith clan of Hollywood. Got it. Although he has a name that totally could he could be one of the. Smiths. I had to look it up to make sure he wasn't related because Justice seems like the name that Will Smith would have given one of his Scientology. Kids. I I agree. Uh, so I like him. I liked him yep. in um, the the show. Uh, uh, the get down. Uh, the get down. Thank you. I, I liked him, really in liked him in Jurassic. Park. Yeah, Jurassic, or Jurassic World. World Two. Yes. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, I really liked him in that. I like him. Yeah. So when I saw him in it, I was like, oh, cool. That adds a little level of like uh, pedigree that I'm like, oh, I'm into this. And right. then when I found out and heard that Ryan Reynolds was going to be the voice of Pikachu, I was like, yep, I like also it even cool. more. Also I'm good. into this. This is cool. They had some funny gags, and I was like, this is not taking itself too seriously. Right. Then here's what happened. I went okay. in to the movie, and I'm like, all right, I'm excited. This is just going to be like a stupid like fun movie. Yes. So stupid, definitely. Nailed it. Uh the CGI and production quality of this movie is questionable at best. It looks <laughs> it looks like it could have been a made for television movie in some instances. In, which okay, is, I'm glad which you said the in trailer some which the trailer only showed you the really good CGI moments. It did so it's I kind of with misleading that, yeah. with how it looks. Tonally, the movie is kind of all over the place. They're dealing with some very like funny, like poop gag level stuff, but then at the same time they're dealing with like like mentally abusive father-son relationship and like They do have some heavy themes running through d- it. Lots of death, way more death than I like expected in a Pokemon movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, which would honestly be like zero death, I guess, is what I <laughs> That was expected. how I expect. I expected about as much death as a uh, Pixar movie. Right. Um, which, well, let's be, you can't use that as an example. Well, that's, There's yeah, lots true. of death in Pixar movies. <laughs> it's a Disney company, man. They kill every parent that ever that's, existed. That's true. And that's basically the premise of this movie. That is. So th- for those reasons, as I was watching it, I was kind of like, ooh, man, this feels like a swing and a miss like i feel like it was teed up it was there the trailer was there it felt like a suicide squad moment where i'm (laughs) like the trailer was real good but what followed the trailer it maybe the trailer did a disservice i'm trying to think how to say this maybe the trailer did it a disservice because it did set my expectations to trailer level (laughs) which to be fair should be the point of a trailer okay you and i've had this discussion before the trailer should never be better than the movie but the trailer should always show the best of the movie and that's a a very delicate balance to walk on sure and there are some companies that nail it and then there are some companies that make the trailer for suicide squad um and so it's a, it's a bit of a balance. <laughs> so my question is this, and here's the last my my closing statement. I guess I will say on this film, 
other than being stupid, having dodgy CGI, having a tone that's all over the place, uh, I my final statement was it. Fe- I don't know how long this movie was, but it felt really long. See, and I and there were like three points say. in the movie that I checked my phone. I know you're not supposed to do that in the theater, guys. Put down your <laughs> tweeters. Uh, but you were you wanted to see. But I wanted to see because I wanted to leave. Well, and <laughs> and like, to be completely is honest, this almost over. That for me is a sign of a movie that. Well, it, it's a it's a factor in when I analyze how I watch movies. Like, how often did I check my phone when I'm watching this? Sure. Um, but okay, to answer a question you didn't ask, the movie is about an hour and forty five. So oh God. it's not too terribly That's long, bad. which yes doesn't <laughs> help doesn't help it the case doesn't against even this break movie. a two hour mark. Okay. Um. So here and and now that you have said your uh your persecution of the movie, yes. Let me come in and be its shining white co persecutor. Um, okay. <laughs> I didn't love it. Let me put let me put okay. that this out. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would because I went in expecting to hate it. Uh, and I think okay. that may be part of it is I had no connection to Pokemon. I grew up actually sort of avoiding Pokemon because that came about and and was annoying to me, like sure. the generations below me talking about it. So I went in sort of like, this is not my world. I do not want to get involved with this. I'm type, just passing through. Please I'm, don't I'm touch passing or through. talk to me. <laughs> Can this be fun and entertaining? Got it. Um, I thought Justice Smith did really good. I've liked him in everything, and I think that kind of nervous type of character that he was in uh, Jurassic World and kind of this suits his suits him very well. Sure. I also very much liked Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. I thought that was great. Um, I thought he was a great just juxtaposition for what the character is known to be, um, and he made me laugh quite a lot during the during the movie. Sure. The animation, as you said, CGI, hit or miss. When it hit, I thought it was great. Like, I thought it was really, like, I wanted to pet Pikachu. I wanted to be around him. I wanted to be near some of those other ones. Um, But in any scene where someone was holding a Pokemon, it was was just like, they, they, it was obvious they had nothing. It was sort of like the uh, American Sniper, like, baby. Yeah, it was like weird. you're not you're not holding it. You may be holding like a green sack of potatoes. Their hands are clearly floating like further away from mm-hmm. what they're holding. And the fur doesn't interact with their hands. So there were elements of that that I thought were were missed. I've but, seen better CGI on a made for Netflix TV show. Yes. Stranger Things? Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, they I would have agree. next level production value. I would agree. Now, here's what I will say. And 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 in all honesty, the twist, as soon as I saw Bill Nighy, I was like, oh, he's the bad guy. Well, of course. <laughs> like, even there when they're certain, trying to tr- There like, are certain people me. you cannot cast right. as a bad guy or as a secret bad guy because you know them too well as being the bad guy. But also, here's – and this is – I honestly, I thought the same thing, so that's so funny that you said that. While I was watching this movie, you know what the – the solid choice for trying to do a secret bad guy reveal is choose an unknown actor. If you choose an unknown actor, people aren't expecting a large name actor 
to have some sort of meatier role than the secret person that you're trying to relegate them to. So choose an unknown, and then you're like, oh, that's just random unknown old guy. I don't need to pay attention to him. Exactly. And you're focusing on the sun, and then when that reveal comes in the third act, and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't know that was unknown dude who right. I have not been paying attention to. But this whole time, you're waiting for Bill Nighy, and you're like, there's no way they hired Bill Nighy just and to play not the bad this guy. dad in two scenes. There's no yeah. way. His character is going to have much more to do later in this movie, and it's probably as the secret bad guy. Or, or what you could have done is hire someone like a James Cromwell who can go either way. Sure. So he could have been the put-upon old man a la, like, iRobot, or he could have turned out to be the bad guy a la Minority Report. I still think for for me and for people like you and I who are both, you know, uh, uh, ruined by the amount of movies that we've watched <laughs> a name actor in a small role si- immediately signifies a larger plot necessity oh uh, no i i completely agree and honestly this is going to be a weird reference but what okay what was the james bond movie recently with the daniel craig one was it specter that introduced like the red-haired bearded guy as the yes. bad guy that was awesome because he is a great bad guy, but before that movie, I had very little association exactly. with Exactly. He was awesome as the bad guy, though. Sure. And so, I, I agree. Or, like, hire someone who is never the bad guy, and right. then make them, the, like, secret bad guy. Like a Ryan right. Reynolds. Right. Exactly. Like, make Ryan Reynolds the bad guy. Exactly. I'd be totally, oh, God, if he played the voice of Pikachu and the secret bad guy. Well, that see, would here's be the amazing. thing. You could even do it. Spoiler alert, by the way, for Detective Pikachu. Sorry, guys. Um, but, like, Ryan Reynolds could do it because he was the dad, right? Yeah. Also, hold on. But just, we can't skip over that. There is no way Ryan Reynolds is Justice just, Smith's dad. Well, unless, I mean, the grandmother is the. No, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a racial no. problem. I'm saying. Justice Smith looks the same age as Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and okay. they're they're playing Justice Smith like he's in his mid-20s, which unless his dad had him when he was like 17, which they do not address as a plot point, they, they instead don't. make it that, no, he was this like great detective. <laughs> the legend so, on the force. Right, so he had a career. So I'm expecting a dad that is like, in his late 50s at best. Like Idris Elba to walk out of here. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in his 50s, you can still get a young looking 50s, but Ryan Reynolds does not read 50s. Right. See, here's the thing. Here's what you do. You make uh, Bill Nighy catatonic so he can only speak with like a, a mechanical voice box. Sure. And you make Ryan Reynolds his soul. Uh-huh. So he put himself in Pikachu during the whole disaster thing. And he's just been trying to work his way back. Better movie. Better movie. Right there. You just made a bet. Speaking of a better movie, can we talk about once upon a time in Hollywood? Please let's wait. Let's get way off of Pikachu. (laughs) My general assessment of Pikachu was I liked it more than I thought I would, but it wasn't as good as it could have been, but probably the best Pokemon movie that I've ever seen. (laughs) Yes, fair. It is also the best Pokemon movie I have ever seen. See, we can agree on something. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, man, I went and saw it. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, and I'm so jealous of you. I, I saw it opening night. 
Um, so here's the deal. We recently had a big talk about Tarantino films in our last episode. We did less than uh, a week ago. People, yeah, heard this us talk past about Friday. We did. Yeah, if you're listening to this the day this episode comes out, our very la- most recent episode, we counted down the top five Quentin Tarantino film soundtracks. But you got. But in the episode, you got to hear us talk a lot about Tarantino movies, just our favorites. in general. Yeah. So dive um, in. Definitely listen to that. But we had. So first off, I want to open with we had a discussion that do we think Once Upon a Time is going to screw up our rankings. As far uh-huh. as film soundtracks go. And I will say this. This movie has an amazing soundtrack. So you don't have to re-rank anything, but does it mess with the list? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. I would say it, it probably bumps one off and takes the place. Oh, kind of wow. Impressive. Yeah. Um, it was a great soundtrack, and I will say this. Um, okay. This isn't spoilery at all because it's just about the yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, and this I haven't nothing... seen it, so don't like don't go into too many spoilers for the this movie. This has no bearing on the movie whatsoever. It's just a cool world building thing. So much like in Reservoir Dogs, where the soundtrack is the radio, and mm-hmm. you get these cool interstitials by Stephen Wright. Right. Same for this soundtrack. So is this it Stephen sound- Wright again? It is not. Oh, um, that would have been awesome. That, that would have been, been a cool, cool like weird in world thing. Uh, it almost been like the nail cigarettes in Kevin Smith movies. They're just I, kind of like there. A franchise. I can say that this movie takes place over the course of four days, like four oh, cool. different days. Okay. okay. And the soundtrack is provided by the radio that is playing during these days for the most part. Now, let me ask, are they consecutive days or is it like a day, six months later, eight months later, two years I later? I don't want to tell you okay. that because I do totally feel fine. like that would kind of get into spoiler territory. Then I appreciate your candor. But I will say that they are four days. And so not only do you get awesome soundtracks or music cuts, but you get awesome, awesome commercials. You get commercials? So you get oh. – so let's be honest. Quentin Tarantino listened to High Five the Podcast first couple seasons, went, I love how these guys have made up commercials for products that I definitely want to buy and don't sound made up. And he went, I need to do that in my next movie. And he did. I love it. He I'm did very not excited. give us a credit, though. I will okay. say that. I stayed all the way through. I was waiting for it, you know, and inspired by High Five the Podcast. Right. It's official. When his other lawsuits are done, we're laying ours on. Yes. He used our idea blatantly. Tino, we're coming for you. We're, we are so – and I'm taking my name back. Tino Tellerentis, <laughs> we're coming for you. Um, but, yes, you get some really cool commercials. And I will say this. Uh, this is, is kind of where I'll go uh, to avoid spoiler territory. Sure. I'll kind of dive into this angle. Um, there were some commercials that I was like, that has to be a real thing. That commercial sounds so vintage and real, and the jingle is awesome, and it is so great. And so Haley and I, after seeing it, like immediately took to Google and sure, was like sure. trying to find these products. There is a mix of real things and not real things. So like things that existed in the 70s and have gone away and things that he's made to resemble things that were in the 70s yes. that never existed? Yes, See, that's awesome when you can layer in a, a universe or a joke with real things. Right, exactly. So there's like an ad for uh, A&W root beer, which is okay. obviously, obviously real. a real thing. And then you have Tanya's tanning butter or Tanya's <laughs> tanning butter. 
which could be a real thing. Could be. But is not. And oh. <laughs> they have equally as long of commercials. So it's so cool and interesting and funny. So that part is great. Okay. The I will say friend of the show, Jason Marston, has also given me a quick review of this movie, and he said it was fan-fucking-tastic. It is fan-fucking-tastic. So, is, uh, again, no spoilers, but I, I definitely no want to hear... I, I, I hear that you liked it. I will. Voice. I did, very much so. And and Haley and I talked we're going to be going, going to see it again soon. Unfortunately, there are no 35-millimeter screenings in our area. It's all digital transfers, which I'm bummed about. I'm lucky that we get one in Nashville. I am going to try and right? get to Belcourt to see it in 35-millimeter. That's Alamo, my goal. The Alamo out here... Unfortunately, for whatever reason, was not one of the Alamos that got it picked up. I Either know, of the Alamos that you have out there? No, and that's the crazy part. So I, I have talked to their creative director mm. a little bit because, um, as you know, I, we host screenings there yep. quite often, movie parties. Um, but in talking with them, there was a scheduling issue. The the uh, production company is requiring or distribution companies requiring a certain date range run for the film. Oh, gotcha. And they couldn't meet those requirements with their other engagements that they but have. But they do have the technology that makes them capable yes. of showing oh, 35 Definitely, okay. and that's the biggest bummer. The biggest bummer is for strictly boring logistics reasons, they didn't work out being able to show the movie. That's like the whole Swamp Thing TV show scenario. <laughs> It's exactly. Like we got something good, but for boring, logistical, stupid reasons, we don't get any more. Exactly. Um, but I will say this. So aside from the soundtrack being amazing, I will say to I'll give you three actors in this that are amazing. And one, I feel bad because I don't know their name, but I'm going to look them up immediately. Maybe I can okay. find it out while you're reacting to. Sure, sure, sure. But Brad Pitt is fantastic in this movie. And is but isn't he always? No. Haley and I were having this discussion. He is not always. He is he is not one of my favorite actors. Really? I think I think he is best when he is outlandish. You so you think like you're like 12 Monkeys Fight Club. Yes. You, like Aldo, you're like that Aldo type. Rain and Glorious Bastards. Okay. I think he is best at being big and uh, humor infused. Sure, sure. Okay. Kind of like, and I don't know how people are going to react, or you are going to react to this statement, kind of like Ryan Reynolds for me. Okay, I like, interesting. I like Ryan Reynolds when he is being on and big and his character is a character. Sure. I don't love Ryan Reynolds when he is being quiet and small and dramatic. So what you're saying is you prefer Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool more than, like, voices. Exactly. Well, okay. no, voices, he's pretty big crazy character in that too uh, definitely maybe yes definitely maybe would probably be one of those situations um i'm but, trying to think of like what's a movie uh not to put you on the spot but like the brad pitt thing because i do have a different opinion on that i really like him and like i know there are movies that he's in that aren't good like benjamin button and uh what's that the one where he's deaf um john black not john black john what am I? What am I thinking of? Meet Joe Black. Meek Joe Black. Thank you. But I, I would say that his acting in those is fine. The movies themselves aren't very good. Um, no, I disagree. No. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's fine. I think he just. I mean, there's nothing bad. I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I'm actually saying he's a very good actor. I'm just saying I feel like he in has a context. type. Yeah. Um, 
and I will make my point with this. He is fantastic in this movie, and the character that he plays is a very quiet, reserved character. Well, and good I for think him. that's why I enjoyed it so much is because watching him do this, I was like, ooh, that feels a little different. And ooh. he's actually making his me wings. believe it. You yeah. know what I mean? But I will say this. The real Oscar goes to Leonardo DiCaprio. Really? He crushes in this movie so hard. And here's the difference. And here's where I can get into that comparison between Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio has this uncanny ability to, despite the fact that I know he is Leonardo DiCaprio, sure. I, I know very well who he is. I've he seen is him in very, everything. In everything. I, when he is playing a character, I, he is able to switch off that part of my brain that mm. it keeps going. That's Leonardo DiCaprio. That's Leonardo DiCaprio. That's Leonardo I, DiCaprio. I have the same thing with Daniel Day-Lewis and Leonardo DiCaprio. And, and that's my point. Brad Pitt, I am never not aware that it's Brad Pitt. I, I am, okay. I'll agree with that. Maybe that's my, that maybe that's what mm. I was trying to get at. I am never not aware. In every movie, I'm like, that's Brad Pitt. That's Brad and Pitt. Being and he's serious. either doing a good job or a bad job. Right. But it's Brad Pitt doing his thing. But Leonardo DiCaprio becomes a person. That yeah. is this person. And in this case, he he is He's just great. Next level transcendent. So that being said, I did find the name. Okay. Haley came to my rescue because she heard me struggling while I was recording. <laughs> the character in this movie to look out for, her name is Pussycat. Okay. And it's Played by uh, Margaret Qualley. I've heard that name. Remind me uh, where we I, may have I seen her. I, I don't, no idea? That's I totally don't fine. Um, but she is holy shit next level good in this movie. And what her does character she is play? very small. She plays okay. one of the Manson clan. Oh, okay. Um, her role is very small. But she makes such an impact that it. I left the movie yeah. thinking of her, Brad Pitt, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Out of all of the names and faces that are in this movie, those three people were the three people that I was like, whoa. Like, they made oh, wow. such an impact on me. And this cast is stacked. You've got Timothy Oliphant. You've got Al Pacino. You've got, like, literally. Every, I mean, everybody. Yeah, it's a who's who. I will say this. I have read some of the reviews, and I will put this out there because this part is totally accurate. Margot Robbie is essentially a non-character in this movie. Really? Like, she has maybe ten lines in the whole movie. But maybe. oh, let me let me ask this because this is the question I've wanted to ask everybody that has even mentioned this. Perfect. Does it take away from the story being told? Like, is it her story to tell? Like, is it a story about, like, no. Leo and Brad Pitt nope. and their relationship with I things will that say happen? This. Nope. I will say this. Lots of people have um, kind of conjectured about what this can be. And once again, I, do, I feel safe in knowing that this is not spoiler territory. Sharon Tate, Margot Robbie are simply a set piece slash framing device for this movie. Okay. They so are not really integral characters they are more of to set a mood mm -hmm. and, and a time exactly okay so good and 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 honestly i'm fine with that because overall if she is not if it's not her story to tell that is being minimized i'm okay with it being a 
a framing device or a plot structure in someone else's story. Yes. Um, and so I, so I'm okay with that. So if you're saying it doesn't take away from the story that Quentin Tarantino is trying to tell, I'm fine with it. I would say this is clearly, this is definitively Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, which are, yeah. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. This is their story. Well, I saw an article the other day and, and I am interested on your thoughts on this. So, it said basically that Leonardo DiCaprio is the last living movie uh, star. You know, I was just talking about this with Haley. Yeah, so I find that very intriguing because what you've just described, like, yes, there are Daniel Day Lewis's that can turn that switch off in your brain of this is a, an actor I'm watching doing a thing. Uh -huh. But Daniel Day Lewis isn't driving millions and billions of dollars in opening weekend box office. Right. Leonardo DiCaprio can kind of do both. Like, he's a big name like a Tom Cruise, but a Tom Cruise you watch is like, Oh, that's Tom Cruise pretending to be in mission impossible. Sure. But Leo is that he's not in a franchise. He's not associated with a particular franchise. He's not associated with a particular genre, but he can always disappear into a character. He always drives big box office and he always makes big, great, wonderful films. Sure. And that is an interesting concept to me of the last movie star in the in the ilk of you know kind of old hollywood sure i agree with that statement um and i think this movie agrees with that statement and i think yeah. this movie has a lot to say about that statement um, i cannot wait to hear so what that movie has to say two about more non-spoilery last thoughts one thing is this is if you are going in expecting a normal quote-unquote tarantino movie this is not that Sure. This is much more a lighthearted outing. Okay. Um, I'm fine with that. After the last, there's been some heavy hitters with serious themes yeah. in the last couple of years. So I'm fine with a fun. This has romp. much more of just like a, a calm, relaxed look at a day in the life of a couple of people. I love it. Um, and the second part is, holy shit, Quentin Tarantino is at his fetishistic <laughs> peak with this movie i have never seen feet. so many close-ups on feet and asses as i saw in this movie hands down feet 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 i'm about to say don't you mean feet down yeah feet down feet pressed up against glass feet pressed up against asses yeah feet zoomed in on feet uh transitioning a scene like it's just <laughs> it's like a foot swipe is like a kick across <laughs> the screen it's so and it doesn't have any place in the movie i'm gonna be honest i'm sorry guys for all the tarantino apologists who are like yeah but you know mia's feet and 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 uh uh vic or um what is what is uh vincent vincent thank you Vincent, Vincent and Mia, that, that was to show, like, an intimate bonding experience between those two, to show that it was a, the equivalent of cheating, kind of. Or, and in Glorious Bastards, it's supposed to be, you know, her disability and showing that she's, you know, maybe hurt, but she's stronger for right. it. Right. But, but this, there's like, nope, I'm sorry, he's just showing people's feet, because this dude <laughs> likes to see feet on as big of a screen as he possibly can. <laughs> like, I like, um... I like the idea. So after Quentin makes his 10 films, he's going to retire from movie making. Sure. But he's going to go to shorts kind of like uh, uh, Oscilloscope did and make like 
thumb war type oh, shorts, no. but it's going to be toe wars. That's the, that's where I was going with it. I think I at this, if we're clocking this with the pace of his previous films before it, his 10th film will be made up of foot puppets. Like right. It will just be big name actors with faces painted on their feet acting out the scenes. <laughs> and starring... Leonardo DiCaprio's foot. Exactly. And Samuel L. Jackson's toe. Exactly. Um, I will say that uh, Samuel L. Jackson's presence was missed in this movie. It's weird that he didn't. Is he not even like the radio he's announcer nothing. or he's something? Not, Man, that's he's weird. nowhere to be that's found. Weird. I will say Kurt Russell's presence was felt doubly, though. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a good, it's a real good movie. We we're excited to see it again. Um, I can't wait to see it for a first time. And um, as, I, that's like the big thing this week that I want to do. As film fanatics and as like film buff, film historian buffs that you and I are, um, it it strikes it's like a right certain up our alley. yeah, but it strikes a yeah. certain like chord within you that just feels like old Hollywood. It's just it's this perfect amalgamation of. Right. Um, kind of yesteryear. So I definitely go see it for sure, 100%. Now, speaking well, of awesome. Tarantino's addictions to feet, I do have to get out there on this conversation. Um, my name is Q, and uh -huh. I have become an addict to the show Intervention. <laughs> now, the first, you you? the first step to getting better is recognizing it and putting it and out there. The and the second step is inviting all of your friends over in a television camera. Yes, exactly. Um, Haley and I cannot stop watching this show. It Seriously? Is, yes. It's weird. Well, you know I have an affinity I'm for say, reality television anyway. Well, that's why, honestly, this is kind of a weird uh, – Not okay. This is a weirdly timed announcement because, honestly – I'd have figured you'd have gotten into that show years ago. No, uh, we went through our intervention uh, addiction years and years and years ago, and I know how much you like trashy reality TV. I figured you'd already been there. Nope, I just I know I'm late to the game on this one. I don't know why, but I recently discovered a treasure trove of met multiple seasons on Hulu. Thank you, Hulu. Thank you, Disney. Yeah. Thank you, our overlord yeah. Disney. Um, and I can't stop watching it. We watch it. Yeah. When we get home from work, we watch it to go yep. to sleep to kind of like your snoozema that you've been doing. Yep. <laughs> um, that's ours. We watch people intravenously shoot heroin to go to sleep. So it's so so we did an intervention uh, addiction. <laughs> I thought you were like, we did an intervention. No, no, no. No, no we did it. We had our addiction to that show probably a decade ago. But since then, we've also done like House Hunters, which is a fun one. But the other one is, um, oh, crap. Uh, what's the one where they they help uh, messy people? Oh, hoarders! <laughs> hoarders! Thank you. Where's the one that they help messy people? Uh, queer Eye? Yeah. Okay. No. No. But like really messy people. <laughs> Got no. it. Uh, hoarders. We went through a hard hoarders run where it was every season, every spinoff, every everything we could find for hoarders is like them people messy. Look at how messy. Look at the house that's so messy. <laughs> Uh, I will say the one right before this that unfortunately there weren't as many seasons available to me that I watched prior to diving into intervention was My Strange Addiction. Oh, uh, where they eat like glass and shit? Or dress up like pony. <laughs> or they are a human doll. Like they're obsessed with being a doll. And so they like strike. Is that the plastic surgery one? No, the doll one. Uh, well, that one, yes, he's that dude's on that episode. But okay. um, he also... 
I mean, that also that episode also focuses on people who literally wear like latex masks and stuff so that they appear as dolls and they will go out in public <laughs> like that. It's so off putting. Do they go out and rob strangers' homes nope. in the middle of the they woods? They just like it? stroll around the park. Or, like, go shopping at the mall wearing a very off-putting latex second skin. It's Here's the thing. Real. I am all about lo love what you love and be who you are. And, you know, we're all in this weird melting pot of a world. I, I accept and acknowledge. But that's creepy. It is creepy. It's I'm creepy. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. And you know I, what? Listen. It might be my prejudice shining through, but that's creepy. I don't think so. It's not a prejudice because here's the deal. We're not... We're not saying it's creepy that they want to do this. We're no. saying it's creepy to visually look yeah. at this. Like, okay, so here's the thing. Like, if I just had a predilection, let's say I had a, a, an, uh, well, an addiction, sure. so to say. <laughs> do you need an intervention? Up, I can yeah. do that. <laughs> to, uh, to holding machetes, wearing <laughs> hockey masks, and standing in front yards in the middle of the night. Sure. I may not ever hurt anyone or have any malicious intent ever but the fact that i am doing that is scary it is scary <laughs> and that's the, the end you couldn't have explained it any better that is 100 percent the deal i don't care if you love doing that and it genuinely in your heart makes you happy that's awesome but know that i'm having nightmares right but know that about it scares you. me that you're standing outside of my window while doing it <laughs> yes. i will know that the next time i do it. i know thank you that's really this is me asking for help i'm trying like, to tell you it's like, been like almost four years of doing this podcast stop. for you to finally ask me to stop i like how you that. like low-key called it out like let's just say hypothetically i enjoy doing <laughs> i this. do this thing the whole time i'm thinking you do enjoy doing this and you do you, it constantly you've been waiting for four years for me to casually bring that up on the podcast so you could tell me to stop it do you know how hard it was to find a show that i knew that i could eventually talk about on an episode so that we could eventually segue into this problem well, everybody, welcome to the final episode of High Five Colon the podcast. We've now that our modus operandi <laughs> and purpose for existence has finally been addressed, dude, years we'll be moving on to other things. Years ago, you started doing this, and I was like, all right, I've got to okay. figure out a way to talk to Joey about this. But the only thing I can think of is we're going to have to start a podcast, and then we'll probably have to do like some game nights and movie screenings right, just to right, make probably. the podcast seem legitimate. Well, it's got to seem like it's got legs. Right. And then, like, in about two and a half, three years, we'll eventually move into doing even more content. Maybe we'll start putting out multiple episodes a week or every other week. Sounds um, good. Then we're going to start doing conventions. And then eventually we will get to an episode in about three and a half, almost <laughs> four years, where I can finally segue into getting Jay to admit Please. that he stands outside of my house doing this. Which is so weird. I, I'd have done that in episode one. We should have just started talking about Jason masks. <sighs> well, so is that, is that all the other stuff we wanted to talk about? That's it, man. I got nothing. Well, now, I that, mean, we've, I, now that we've cinched that up. Uh, well, guys, I mean, I guess come back on Friday, maybe. We'll probably be, we'll probably be here. What are we talking about on Friday? Spinoffs? Uh, yeah, spin -offs? we're talking movie spinoffs. That's right. Hobbs and Shaw is dropping right. on Friday. So find out our thoughts on Hobbs and Shaw and our predictions for it and yeah. and other movie spinoffs that uh, that should or maybe should not exist. Yeah, and until then, uh, go five yourself. Adieu. It's time to close the door to the writer's room once again. 
as this week's award-winning High Five, the podcast episode, comes to an end. Feel free to reach out to the guys with your suggestions for episode topics by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E-T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. <sighs> you got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast on Twitter at hi the number five the podcast Instagram at high five the podcast or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating if you like what you hear. Even if you don't like what you hear, give us a high rating anyway. What's it costing you? Nothing. That's what we thought. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.